you're trying to sprint towards this finish line up at the top but actually you realize you need to do a lot more at the ground level before you get there so like i definitely hired some people i shouldn't have hired this year and because of that i had to have some very awkward conversations very quickly where i said uh unfortunately like we can't we can't move forward with you or whatever and i've just kept it now to just us free welcome to webflail the podcast dedicated to uncovering the greatest failures behind the greatest web flowers because success often comes after learning from many failures i'm your host jack redley a failure connoisseur and today my guest is harry roper the managing director of imaginary space the web design agency for fashion and beauty in today's episode we talk about the highs and lows of scaling an agency too fast agreeing to client requests that can't be done and the consequences of overpromising clients as an agency owner so learn from harry's failures in episode 5 of webflow with harry roper welcome to webflow harry thanks for having me it's nice to be here so harry First of all, for anyone that doesn't know who you are or hasn't actually seen your YouTube channel, which I must admit is very, very good, everyone. You should check that out after this episode. Tell us a little bit about your Webflow journey and how you uh, kind of found Webflow. Sure. Um, I'll try and give the short end because uh, it's quite a long story. But essentially, I was was working for an agency in London, enjoyed that, decided to leave, went back to my home county in Devon, which is in the southwest of the UK by the beach and working in a hotel. One day, the staff were really rude to me, and I said, fuck this, and I threw in the towel. I said, I'm not doing this anymore, and um, I then uh, was sat around, and I was thinking, I could get another job in a hotel, but I'd learned all this cool stuff in this agency, how to sell, how to write proposals, stuff like that, and I was like, I'll I'll make websites. I know nothing about it, but I'll I'll make websites, and I'll start selling websites, because I'd always had a little bit of an interest in them, and I thought to myself, and I always say this to everyone, yeah, 500 pounds a website, I'll make one a day. I'll be a millionaire before I know it. And like, you soon realize how hard it is with the client um, giving feedback and like process and stuff. And it was, it was a really interesting time. This was back in 2018 and around 2018 Christmas time, I was talking to my friend and I saw this ad on YouTube or, or Google, wherever it was. And it was for Webflow. And I, I looked at it and at the time I'd been using Elementor and WordPress, which I know a lot of people love as well. And I was like, this is a really cool tool. I'm going to keep learning it. And um, we did our first client project in it. We carried on doing client projects in it. And I just said to myself, you know, this is the tool that I want to be using. I don't want to be using Elementor. I was just building our first two websites in Elementor and WordPress was like, there's limitations here. Whereas like Webflow, there is, but, you know, not really. Um, You can do almost everything that your mind imagines. And I think as creatives, like having no like... uh, boundaries in that kind of sense is like really helpful so um, yeah that that's pretty much the short end of the story anyway wow okay then and so you started documenting your journey on youtube tell us a little bit about that and why you're doing that sure um so it was actually a suggestion of my girlfriend at the time who said that um she said you you love making little instagram videos you love telling everybody's story you love doing talks why don't you just start a youtube series because she was watching vlogs at the time or something and uh, i've done videos on youtube before but never really anything serious i i thought okay i'll just i'll put a video up and 
Needless to say, the first video now is my most viewed video. But at the time, I think I got like a hundred views, and I was like, I was like, fuck, there's actually like people who are willing to listen to me speak nonsense into a camera about what I'm doing. And then and then I realized actually, you know, there are people who are going through the same situation as me. There are people who who aren't doing some of the stuff I was doing. I found like using Coda, which is my kind of organization tool, like there aren't people using that. Oh, wow. Okay. So actually I really want to show people this tool because I think it's really beneficial for your, your process. And then there was like, some people were set, writing comments and saying like, I'm struggling with sales. How can I, how can I do improve that? And I've had calls with people like you, Jack, with other subscribers as well. And it, for me, the biggest motivator for doing it is just like hearing people say like, yeah, I use your system and I really, really, really benefit from it. Um, there's a guy called Daniel, uh, shout out to him, who uses a meeting tool that I made for myself. And like, I didn't ever think somebody would use that. I just put it out there for people to use. And he runs a very successful, you know, six-figure agency. And that's just so cool for, to, to me to know that I've benefited somebody's like life like that. So to answer your question, like a more rounded out way, I think it's like, I want people to, I want the 19 year old version of me that was lost and didn't know what to do to be able to watch my videos and at least gain something from it. And and it helps them in, in their journey, I guess. Yeah, that's amazing. I feel a lot of affinity with that just because I think I'm doing Webflow for very similar reasons, like to help the lost me um, a few years ago when I was starting Mm. my, my freelance journey with, with Webflow. But it seems you are, a lot less lost now, Harry. Where is Imaginary Space at currently? You know, how many employees do you have and what projects are you excited about at the moment? That's a really cool question. I have two employees. Uh, we've got Amy in South Africa and we've got Leo, who is in Buenos Aires with me in uh, Argentina. Um, so Leo and I are doing the digital nomad thing. Amy's living in South Africa. Soon she's going to come and join us and do the digital nomad thingy as well. So that'll be cool. Wow. We're a bit like a pi- pirate ship then. Traveling, all traveling around together. What projects are the most excited about at the moment? Uh, we're working for a really cool brand uh, who does retail outfits, um, a long-standing client of ours called Bobble Hat. And we're building them some landing pages at the moment. And yeah, just really killing it. They're, they're flying, they're earning some good money. And that's always like a really positive thing for us to know that like the projects that we're creating are like resu- producing the results. You know, like I think that's really important something I skipped out on when I was younger, which was like, just make something look good rather than focusing actually on like the business results. And like, yeah, yeah, they've had some really interesting conversations from that. So I think it's always fun, especially when you're watching people use the website as well through like tools like Hotjar. And uh, you can see people interacting with your design and learn stuff from the data and everything. Like it just, it's good. It's good to see people interacting with your product. Yeah, it's a really weird thing to create something and it's been months in creation and then have put it out there to the world and be like oh shit like people are using this and people are reacting to it and you know getting comments and stuff on social media is is crazy i find um it's so cool that you can connect with people in that digital sphere like that so let's talk about your first failure scaling too fast Uh, why do you consider that a failure Sure. I just got really pumped up at the beginning of this year. For context, it was mainly just me until last year when I decided that I wanted to build 
a business and an agency much more than just freelancing by myself. I think some people are happy to just be them and keep going. I know some great people who do that and they earn a lot of money doing it just them. And there's some people who actually want to build like community business systems, processes, all of that stuff. And they want to have like a team and they want to nurture talent. And I was so much more the latter. So that was a big context switch for me. And I think with the beauty of being able to hire people at the beginning of the year, this year, I just got a bit crazy with freelancers and stuff like that. I think to be honest, Jack, and we have, we have Amy who does, does a lot of our business development and, and admin and stuff. And she's great. We also have Leo doing a lot of um, our other stuff, but you sometimes forget that people need like nurturing and, systems and processes to help them work and definitely something that we had to spend the last four months kind of developing was like what do people actually do inside imaginary space like what is their what is their actual like daily role like how do they manage their calendar and because i'm so used to um being that that solo guy who just understands stuff and can just put stuff in his calendar can do meetings can do this i have like five years experience now i just you sometimes forget that other people don't have that and in that in that case, you're you're trying to sprint towards this finish line up at the top, but actually you realize you need to do a lot more at the ground level before you get there. So like I definitely hired some people I shouldn't have hired this year. And because of that, I had to have some very awkward conversations very quickly where I said, uh, unfortunately, like we can't we can't move forward with you or whatever. And I've just kept it now to just us three. So Leo, Amy and I in the agency and um I think that's a really big lesson that you should you should definitely think about. Like, do you have the revenue to be able to support the people that you're hiring? Um, do you have the systems and processes in place so that from day one they can they can start the work? Because there's nothing more stressful than like managing a team, but also trying to deliver on client work as well. And like, you've got to find time for both. You know? and there's there's only eight hours in the day, or, or if you do crazy twelve hours in the day, then there's only twelve hours in the day. There, so. so- you in your head had an idea of where you wanted your business to be but in reality you hadn't got the systems and processes in place to actually make that um vision a reality is that yeah yeah exactly to support it and um as well as that like you don't want to just rely on people especially if they're junior to just go off and do stuff there needs to be systems like reviews in place so you're doing weekly reviews with people you want to be focusing on how, how are they performing do you have kpis in place do you have okrs all these like weird business terms that you've heard before and you've you've never really bothered with because you don't need it personally but all of a sudden you realize i do need to track staff's performance and i do need to realize like are they growing are they doing the right thing and do they as well as that like not just putting it on the staff and saying like they should be doing the right job but like are you as a leader supporting them in the way that you should be um and and helping them out so you obviously realized while you were freelancing that you were like you know what i actually prefer managing people can you just give some advice to anyone that's watching now who's like what do i want to do do i want to be a freelancer or build an agency yeah sure i think the question i asked myself at the end of the day was do i always want to be designing and developing websites or do i prefer building systems processes and doing the sales and for me it was a very clear-cut answer i love designing and developing websites but the thing that really gets me excited is when i have a really good sales call or 
when I make, make a new system or process or when I make a YouTube video. Um, and you have to just very quickly realize what are your strengths, but also like, yeah, what's your passion as well? Is your passion designing stuff? If it is, go hardcore on the design. But I think it's also a time thing, Jack. Like definitely if you're in, if you're a Webflow and you're building websites for clients, having two or three years experience just doing that solo is great. And I think, again, that kind of ties into the whole scaling too fast thing. Like there was definitely a point where like, at the very beginning of my journey, when I was just one year into website design, wanting to become an agency straight away without actually understanding what is our process, what is the system that gets a client from A to, to Z. And you need to you need to have a clear cut understanding of that before you can pass that process on to somebody else for them to do it. So you'd say freelance, know all the different stages of actually handling a client, you know, getting a sale, sending them a contract doing all of that and then setting up an agency once you've got that experience you think that's a better route to go yeah make that decision then after you've done all of that like do you prefer and and as well as that test like bring in some freelancers get them to do little bits of a project see if you enjoy managing them see if you enjoy getting them to do the work and if like you find you do and you prefer them doing the work than you then that's for me like the answer's there then you, you understand that actually you're a business owner more so than a than a freelancer yeah that makes a lot of sense i think i find handling clients difficult enough so handling clients and you know managing a team i think i'd want to rip my tongue out (laughs) but um interesting that you talk so much about systems and processes say i was a freelancer and i wanted to actually set up an agency i'd done a few projects and i was like you know what i'm ready to go what are the three key systems or processes that you would say uh, an agency owner should focus on first? Onboarding your clients. So having an onboarding process where they understand exactly what the the system is, um, where they're going to be at and all the deliverables. Having a system slash process in terms of managing your staff, so task manager. And then on top of that as well, it's always good to document how to launch a website because if i'm ill you can pass that to a staff member you know um and it's really 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 key even for yourself you would be surprised how much headache i reduced by literally just having a bullet point list of all the things you do when you do a launch day and by doing that and following that list you you remove all the thinking in here and you can just do and when i did that it was like the most relief relief uh, giving shit ever you know it was so good Yeah, that's so, so important. And I'd echo that, um, you know, even if you're like, I don't want to set up an agency, I would still recommend documenting your processes because there are often times with the client, with any client, you know, it doesn't have to be a big client, but you might realize that actually your process is not as tight as you thought it was. There are mistakes throughout you know, there might be miscommunication, not setting clear boundaries with your client. There might be discussion about the scope. And if those type of things come up, then go back to your process list that you have documented and change mm. it. And mm. even if it's just you in the business, I highly, highly recommend everyone do that um, if you haven't already. If I could just say as well, I think um, if you want to hack to find out what what a process is really quickly, like do what I did and I can see you've done the same as well, Jack, like go work for an agency for at least one year. I think one year is the perfect amount of time to 
absorb all that information and then you can use that to start your process and your own your own journey and i always say to people like the biggest uh maybe you'll be able to agree jack like the biggest benefit to my career was doing like a year in an agency learning everything that i did how to present yourself in front of clients and stuff like that and then taking all of that just executing by yourself yeah definitely i mean there's so much that you can duplicate for an agency and just duplicate what they do and just do it for yourself and you know if an agency that's been around for a few years has a process that works likely it is that's a pretty good process for you to do you know they'll be that have worked on probably you know a hundred projects over those few years and so they've probably got their systems down if they're a decent agency so yeah a hundred percent recommend that it is absolutely fast-tracked my freelancing so you talked about sales there and that's being one of the, the biggest things that you enjoy. I think that's one of the biggest things that freelancers struggle with. You know, these mm. soft skills that we talked about at the start of this. What is the key to uh, having a really good sales call in your opinion? Is your design any good? Is that the right color? Is that copy any good for conversions? If only there was a tool to help you answer these questions. One tool. Built to test Webflow sites for all. Enter OptiBase, the A-B testing tool for Webflowers. Test anything you can think of. Colors, layouts, buttons, layouts buttons no credit card needed sign up today by clicking the link in the show notes out now for web flowers everywhere back to the episode being human i think like having a conversation with them outside of the actual thing you're bidding for so how did your day go what are you interested in like all of these things that may, people may consider informal. I literally did a talk with one of my guys yesterday and I just said like, meetings are great because when you have a meeting with someone, at the beginning, you can have an informal chat. At the end, you can have an informal chat. And in the middle, you do the business. And I think by trying to be friendly, make friends with the person you're selling to rather than just literally saying, I'm going to build your website and uh, it's going to cost you this much, you know. Instead, like, how did the business start? You know, oh, that sounds really interesting. Like, what's the story behind how you and your co-founder met? At the end of the day, people buy from people they like. So it's really important to make sure that you present yourself in a friendly way and make people feel comfortable and trust you. I think that's the main thing. If somebody trusts you, then they're definitely going to buy from you. And I would say the other part is is the confidence um, side of things as well. Having confidence in your pricing, your ability, your skills. If you have client results, like really just appreciate that you've got that client, those results, even if it's just one sale, you've got them one sale. And like, that's a really big thing to celebrate, but also to take into your next sales meeting and say, hey, business owner, like I got this client, that result, and I can very easily get you that result as well. The only other tip I could give is I learned everything I know about sales from um, Christo, the future. I'm sure everybody knows him by now, but I, I was very lucky to find him in 2018 when he was a bit smaller. He has so much value in terms of like how to present yourself and stuff like that. And then apart from that, 
just experience you've got to you know when you go to you've got to do sales calls you've got to do calls um get on uh if you don't have much experience talking to people go to lunch club that's a great networking tool that connects you with random people like jack and i are doing right now not in a live format but will allow you to talk to to other people around the world i had a very nice call early this morning with a woman called jenny from texas of all places so that was really it was really nice and uh it just gets you in that flow of being able to talk to people. That's some really, really interesting advice. I would 100% second the fact that when you take a genuine interest in the human being that is on the call, forget the project, like just saying, what, how did you start? You know, what are you interested in? What are you like? Just be a human who cares about another human. That in itself, like, seems to for me completely change the game because i used to be like uh hi yeah i see you want a website uh, how many pages and it's just like fuck that you know the, you'll talk about the website because that's the reason for your call but acknowledge them as a human and say how are you like you know yeah. what are you interested in what's your project beyond the website itself and then the other thing i would also add to um harry's comments there is that if you feel comfortable to walk away from that sale, like if you have the confidence to say, you know what, I actually don't think I'm the best person. I don't think I'm the most appropriate freelancer or agency for your project. By having the confidence to say, you know what, this actually isn't for me or this is for me, that confidence goes such a long way. If you are desperate in any sense if you imagine going to a nightclub and someone really really wants to get with you that really puts you off right like they're a bit serious like if you apply that same kind of logic to a client you know desperation you can smell it it's the same as dating right if you blow up their phone yeah. if you blow up their email with hey you're not messaging me back question mark, question mark. <laughs> like okay well you might as well just say goodbye to that project right oh yeah oh yeah Can you talk to us about failure number two? Agreeing to work that you can't do, whether that's budget or just pure skills. Sure. Again, like uh, context, it's like beginning of my career. If we go back to there and you're young, you're hungry, you want some, um, you want some money. Everybody wants some money, <laughs> you know, and I wanted some money. And I think when you're in that position, when you don't have a lot of work coming in and your um, finances aren't looking great and maybe you're at home and your friends are going on holidays and you're not and you really, really want some work. Somebody comes along and they say, yeah, I'm happy to pay you like some really good money and you're, but I want you to make this. And you think about it and you don't really do too much in-depth analysis or whatever and you just look at it and you look, I can design it um, and I'm going to do it for you. And you say, yes, you do the contract, you do whatever. And for all the client knows, you're going to deliver on that project and you're going to do it. But you get deeper and deeper and deeper into the project and you realize very quickly, oh my God, this is way above my head or this is too technical. And I think for me personally, the biggest uh, mistakes I've made is not from a design perspective, but where I haven't fully looked into the development perspective of things. So I've agreed too much in terms of like technical uh, ability. And therefore, like when it actually comes to developing the product, either the price of developing it is crazy or like the actual amount of work or time that it takes is, is a lot. And 
you can really, really, really shoot yourself in the foot very quickly there where you have a very upset client on the on one scale at the end because you haven't delivered fully what you've done. But at the same time, you have done a lot of work. So you're in this horrible place of, do I give them all the money back and just go? Or do I still bill for the amount of time that I put in? Like I've, I've made something for them and it works in some capacity. And that was a big lesson for me. Like um, I, I'm not a programmer. So if a client now asks for something that's very technical and beyond Webflow's capability, uh, I go see my guy Hader in in Pakistan. Shout out to him, uh, who's a very talented developer. And uh, I say, Hader, can we do this? And he usually says yes, but it's going to cost this and it's going to take this long. And I go, great. I'll go tell the client, and then and then I do. Whereas in the past, it would be like me just saying yes to the client just to get the deal through the door, just to get the money in the bank, and then going to someone like Hader or someone different and saying, can we do this? And they say, yeah, but it's going to cost this and take this long. And I think. That's where a lot of the stress would come from. So there's a great British saying, I think, which is just like uh, the three P's, which is piss poor planning. And uh, that's usually the reason that most projects can go downhill very quickly. So if someone was watching now and is at the start of their Webflow journey and someone approaches them saying, hey, I want an e-commerce site. Uh, I've got 50 products. Each of them has three different sizes and 10 colors. I mean, at what point as a a hungry young freelancer do you say, you know what, I think I can do this versus there's no way I can do this. I should just say no. I had a great client back in the day when I was first starting out who helped me out a lot because um, I would just go in and I'd do the work and I'd be like bullet mode. And then I would never really take time to step back and think about it. And that's something that he taught me. Um, and very grateful for him to be that kind of client who will, who will look past your kind of mistakes and, and help you out. And he, he was a very good designer from a very big company. And he, he just said, Harry, stop a minute. Just take a step back. I want you to think about this a bit more and then go in and do the work. And we had a great relationship after that because I took on his advice and started doing it. And I think if you do the same as a young freelancer, just take a step back, open up your Notion document, open up your Coda document, your Google Doc, whatever, write out everything in terms of technical delivery, design delivery, how long you think each bit's going to take. Talk to great people like Jack, myself on Twitter, anyone, uh, Emily uh, Gordano, our uh, mutual friend who runs the Great Designing Podcast. She does a weekly group. Join that. Ask freelancers, ask people, do you think these, these estimates are, are good? Once you've got those estimates together and you, and you know that you can deliver it, do it. If you can't for any reason, maybe there's a bit that you can do and the other bit you hand off to an agency, a freelancer, somebody else's company. I've definitely had help recently where we couldn't deliver on the marketing side of things. So we would do the design and dev and then we've just handed off that client project to a marketing company and we have... Uh, a little an agreement where they give us a slice of the pie each month for the for passing on the client. We did, don't have to do with any of the headache and it's been a really good relationship. So see if you can find relationships like that where you can get help, but you still get paid a little bit for passing the client on. And it's it's like mutually beneficial for both people. Yeah, agreed. And to come back to, you know, passing over work to people that have expertise, I would recommend someone that's starting out to try and work out what they enjoy and what they really, really want to get good at. Obviously, you know, a website is marketing and sales tool. So, you know, you might be like, 
I fucking love SEO. Well, then maybe get someone else to do the design of the website because you might not necessarily be as interested in that part of the website. And that might, you know, prevent you from having a really good client relationship with someone if, mm. you, if you can't actually facilitate all the different parts of the project. Because frankly, developing a website, Webflow website, you do need to have a pretty good understanding of various different concepts. So I'd recommend just trying to work out like in the first few projects that you do, try and work out what you really, really like doing and want to be fucking good at and make sure that that's your bread and butter rather than being like a Chinese buffet of, yeah, I can do marketing and I'll do you some IG templates and I'll do you a bit of writing. I think that's where you can get in hot water. Recently, there was a project um, that was quite technical and I was like, yeah, 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 I can do it. And I couldn't. And I had to come back. I like had to crawl back to Dexter and say, hey, I've, I thought I could develop this. And I couldn't. And then, you know, he had to get another freelancer to come in and, uh, and help out with the project who was you know, far better technically than, than I was. But it was really, really humbling because I was like, yeah, I can do design. I can do dev. I can, like, I can do it. And actually, I simply couldn't. And really, really getting good at a particular part of the client process, you know, whether that's design, dev, marketing beyond that. I think it's it's really really important to to work that out, but that comes from experience. So, absolutely, absolutely. I think it's about having the awareness to understand that it was a mistake, but the mistakes are okay, and to learn from that. Uh, as you said, if you can get that kind of mindset, you're flying. And coming on to your your third failure, then over promising. It sounds quite interlinked. Talk to us about that. Yeah, like, again, young, hungry, you want to do everything. You said it quite well, like, offering to do, like, branding, website, social media, packaging, all for, like, $3,000. It's just, like, you're going to kill yourself trying to deliver on that project. But at the same time, when you're pitching for your biggest uh, amount of money ever in your life, you're thinking, what are these little add-ons that I can put in as a young guy or girl uh, to to get that project over the line? So you kind of, you promise the moon in some sense. And it's a mistake that you make, I think, when you're younger, because you you don't really have the experience of knowing how long stuff takes. So you just say, yeah, it'll take me three days, Jack, I'll just do it, you know, um, when in reality, like, you know, these things, they take time, each different deliverable has its own set process. And you need to know that process, you need to have a system for it. So we definitely, um, at the beginning, uh, there was just one particular project that we did do a website, branding, signage, etc, all for under $10,000, which, you know, looking at it nowadays, if an agency was to do all of that work, I'm sure they would charge 20, 30, 40, even $50,000 to do all of it. And although we did deliver and it was a really good project and really successful, you do kind of look at the end of those projects, at all the bits that you did and you do think, I did a lot of work there and I didn't really get paid what I want or it took so long that the amount of money that they gave you, yeah, you survived, but you didn't make any profit or you didn't, you didn't have any extra money in the bank then to keep you safe for those months where you're not able to do sales and you're doing the the work. I think by not over-promising, by actually under-promising in some sense, like clients are happier because 
you don't go and promise them the world. You go and you promise them like 10%. And then if you deliver 20%, they they get a real kick out of that. And I think it's definitely something I'm still learning as an agency owner that even with like staff, like under promising staff and then over delivering to them is like a, a really big win. Yeah, definitely. And to add to that, with clients that say, oh, I want the, the product done really, really quickly. Do you work weekends? Can you get it done by something oh, or something? <laughs> I definitely think it's worth budgeting extra time as well as extra budget to the project, you know, to make sure that one, you are actually profitable and that you're not some kind of pixel pushing slave. And the other thing is that if you think you can get it done in three days, but you budget a week, then you can deliver the project early, which is far better. You know, it reflects far better on you as a freelancer for the client. Than being like, I think I can probably get it done in three days. And then, you know, working pedal to the metal to get it done by that deadline. So, yeah, I definitely echo what Harry says then. Hey, guys, just jumping in here to say that Flowfest has been launched. The website is now live. So go to flowfest.co.uk to get yourself a ticket for the 11th of July. The 11th of July. So I have nothing to do with organizing this one, by the way, but this is Isabel Edwards, Ash, various other amazing humans that are involved. It's going to be a great meetup. Like Isabel is just awesome at organizing stuff and she always throws herself into stuff 110%. So well worth going. She promises loads of nice things, three no-code talks, food, drinks, outdoor games, live music. I mean, this thing is taking meetups to another level. I mean, combining a festival and a conference is a mad idea, but it's going to be sick and I'm so pumped. So anyway, Get yourself to Manchester if you're a UK-based webflower for the 11th of July. It's going to be it's going to be mad. If it's anything like the website, which is sick, by the way, it's going to be like the best event of the year. So, yes, get yourself to Flowfest uh, website. Cop a ticket. See you on the 11th of July. Back to the episode. Mm, you can't create great work i don't think under pressure as well you just you just push out rubbish and you rush it and you have to ask yourself then are you somebody who values quality or quantity and it can really define where you take your business and your and your career and kind of what you build when i first started i thought 500 pound a piece ping 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 money 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 but i realized i really really love those projects where like we have enough time to do a bespoke design bespoke motion design and really do like some core thinking about like what we're delivering. A website for, with us can take anywhere between like six and eight weeks to put together at the moment. For me, it's more fun. We could have been the agency that just did like thousand pound, you know, $1,500 Webflow websites and released them one a week. You can be either, I think. I don't think it's bad to be one or the other, but you just have to figure out. I think what we've been saying a lot during this podcast is understanding like if you're interested in just building like a high volume agency i think those can be really fun as well yeah figuring out who you are is the key to life so um i guess that's the root of every person's um career as as well as 
just that that overarching thing like what do you want to spend your time doing on this planet and and then chasing that but but that does take time to figure out um sorry i went really deep there completely unnecessarily but yeah i agree working out you know how you want to uh, operate as a business owner is mm -hmm. is going to be really important for your success whatever your success looks like to you lauren asks do you think it's okay to undercharge at the beginning when you're first starting out? Really good question, Harry. Fantastic question. Lauren, like, I would say yes, because I started out at 750 bucks, 500 pounds for a website. And what I would say is every time you do a website, add another 500 to $1,000 onto that price tag as you get each new client and keep building your your price up but also you should also look at like what are others charging and maybe just undercut by like 10 or 20 percent i think this kind of question it really depends on like you your skill what sort of quality website you're pushing out because you know if you're just starting out and the quality of your websites aren't amazing to begin with maybe charging twenty thousand dollars for a website is not the right way to go and instead like uh you undercharge so you can get it and then you know, get the experience. I know that sometimes experience is worth much more than the money. So yeah, I, I don't think though that you should be doing it for pennies. You should definitely still be earning some sort of money that keeps you safe or happy, or you can just go and buy dinner, you know, to celebrate that you that you completed that project. Um, what do you think, Jack? Yeah, I mean, okay. I think the phrase undercharge is interesting because at the beginning, you are not going to be charging a lot because you do not have the experience under your belt to be charging 10K. So it's not so much undercharging, but you're just going to scale up how much you're charging. I think that's an important thing to say that you're hearing us talk about different prices here that might seem ludicrous. You know, Harry talked about agencies charging up to 50 grand type money for projects. That is not to say that you are undercharging for doing a website for your stepmom for 500 quid or whatever, right? The point is that you are getting some kind of value back for the value you are providing whoever uh, doing your mm. first websites, right? And it might be a skill exchange, right? You might be like, you know what? I want to learn about marketing. You want a website. I'll design and build you a website. You teach me about marketing. That's still mm -hmm. providing value. You know, you're not doing the website for free because there is a value exchange there. So I think it's really good to approach family and friends and say, look, I'm starting out in this. I will charge, yes. you, you know, I won't charge you a lot to do this because I want to build up my portfolio on my skill set. You know them. They trust you. You're more likely to get, a, you know, your first jobs with with those people. And no, you're not going to be charging them, you know, loads you're not going to be buying ferrari with the the money that they give you however they are going to give you experience a portfolio real projects under your belt rather than you know just fictitious ones and i think uh, that's a really really solid way to start out and then you've got three projects maybe in your portfolio website that then you can approach um, maybe agencies uh, to work with or you know other clients I totally agree. I think it's a great way to start out. Um, the only thing I would add, I was going to add to that was that uh, if you want to figure out pricing, um, 
come up with a fake company, like profile name, and then do what I did, which is just call up your competitors and say, hey, I have this company. I think mine was like a vape shop or something, some sort of tobacco shop. And I was like, I have this vape shop and I want to create an e-commerce website. How much is that going to cost me of your company? They'll probably give you a price on the phone. Write it down, do it for a couple of them. And that gives you an average price. And then just whatever project you're going for, the one that you're meant to be bidding for, just charge like around that, but maybe under it. Um, as Jack said, like factor in the experience part. But that really helped me with like figuring out like what's the local economy kind of pricing and, and where's everybody at with that. Final question for you, Harry. This is a question that will now be at the end of every Webflail podcast episode. So I'm excited to try it out with you. What are your next failures going to be? Wow, what a great question. What a great question. Thank you. What are my next failures going to be? There's there's gonna be so many, Jack. How do you answer that kind of question, I guess, would be my answer. Although I don't know, because I can't see the future, I feel like my kind of realm and where I'm going now in my career, a lot of them are around like leadership. So leading a team, stuff like that. I know I'm probably going to fail a couple of times as a leader as I learn more about managing a team and growing one and nurturing one. Uh, I could get like itty bitty and talk about like the, the sales campaigns we're doing or the client processes we're putting together and stuff like that and say that would be it. But I think definitely like leadership uh, is my next thing to tackle and there's probably going to be a hell of a load of failures there as well to learn from thanks so much to harry for such an insightful episode there the biggest takeaway i had from this interview is about documenting your processes before making any new hires if you're starting an agency it will save you a lot of headache in the long run I recommend checking out Harry's YouTube channel to learn more about processes and systems if you're thinking about starting an agency. Want more content like this? Head over to the brand new Webflail website, www.webflail.com. There you'll find more episodes, articles, and soon to be freebies as well. Want to get sent Webflow jobs? Webflow inspiration and Webflow freelancer advice? Then make sure you sign up to the newsletter too. There's plenty coming and I can't wait to share it with you all. Next week, I'll be interviewing Emily Lanetta, the Director of Community for Webflow and 9am PDT. Make sure you listen in to that episode then to hear all about the future of Webflow's community. Until then, Webflailers, 